Um, I just want to say thank you so much for visiting us. It's such an honor that you would wake up and take time this Sunday morning to be able to come and spend time with us. We don't take that lightly, and we want to say thank you so much uh, for being here. Let me ask you, how many of you love playing board games? Raise your hands. All right. How many of y'all don't? All right, thank you for being real. Very good. Thank you, thank you, Luther. Um, um, <laughs> it's what happens when the pastor knows your name. Well, I mean, I will be honest with you. I love board games. Now, some of you that don't like board games, I'm sure it was because growing up, your, your brother or sister probably tortured you and smack-talked you and beat you down, and you never won, and it was not a good experience. Or maybe it was a, a parent or whatever, but I love board games. Probably because I was that person. <laughs> uh, because uh, I'm all fun and games. I like, you know, smiling. But when I come to games, buddy, it's on. Game face is, it's on there. It's games I like. I like domino games like Spinner. There's Mexican Trash Train. I like Mexican Trash Train. There's uh, my son, Walt, who's nine years old. He loves Sorry. Um, and uh, he always loved knock, he knocks me off the board. Sorry. But I don't think he is sorry. Um, headache, uh, that's pretty much the game of my life um, with children. Uh, there is uh, Phase 10. I love Phase 10. I love like uh, Texas Hold'em. Thank you very much. Like some Texas Hold'em. Uh, I'm not really good at it. I've only played once with live people. Um, but, uh, but you know what? I think I'm good in my own mind, and that's all that matters. I love games. In fact, my favorite game is Monopoly. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll take you down. Um, This is a true story. When I was in middle school, I had a friend named Philip. And uh, Philip and I, we loved hanging out uh, doing some Monopoly. We had a a blizzard ice storm, and it cut power for three days. So I walked two miles to his house in the snow because my mom and dad wouldn't take me. and uh, I walked with a Monopoly game underneath my arm. And I stayed at his house for three days. And the game lasted for three days. And you better believe I brought it on. I mean, I won it. Come on now. I'm no dude who likes putting $500 in free parking. And then I'll just, I'll land on it. Um, and when you're not looking, you know, I switch the, I'm joking. With you. Um, I, I am the king of smack talk. Uh, my, Josh, the worship leader, and I, we've been doing some PS3 lately, and we've been doing Call of Duty. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, Call of Duty 4, uh, this man, he ain't got a clue, um, Josh, because I spank him every time. Um, isn't that right? Where you at, Josh? See, he's in left. See, he's, he's so ashamed, he's gone. I'm going to have to leave worship at the end. Anyway, we're going to be talking about this new series called The Game of Life. The game of life. And it's going over the book of Proverbs. This, yesterday and Friday, my son, my nine-year-old son, Walt, and I tried playing the game of life. And I've got to be honest with you. Uh, I've never played the game of life before. And, um, and I still don't think I've played the game of life. We played twice, and I, I, the directions were just so confusing. I didn't know you are supposed to stop at all of those things that says stop, you know, on the board. And uh, I still haven't figured out how to pay money back to the bank. And I just, I'm struggling with it because the instructions are so nuts. They're so crazy. I just never did understand them. I don't know if any of y'all had that experience. But have you ever wondered 
you know, there's millionaire estates and you have babies and you have retirement funds and all the stuff in the game of life. And then at the end, you get to retire at millionaire estates because you've got the most money. Have you ever wondered, is that really what the true game of life is like? Whoever with the most toys and the most money wins? Um, so many times we play it that way because our, we are looking at instructions that really aren't that clear sometimes. We get our instructions and our manuals from the media or from what our friends say that we should have. And we're not playing by the right rules. And I don't feel like I was playing with the right rules with this game of life. We're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs, which is written by King Solomon. We're going to be talking a lot about King Solomon over the next month. But this dude was the wisest and the richest dude who's ever lived. You know Bill Gates? He was richer. Solomon was richer than Bill Gates. He was wiser. Um, and as we're going to uncover about these Proverbs, there's some really cool things in this book. In fact, look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 with me. And this is, this is Solomon, and he's saying, hey, this is the reason why I'm writing this book. These are the wise sayings of Solomon, David's son, Israel's king. Written almost 3,000 years ago. You're thinking, 3,000? I mean, is it really relevant to my life? Is it applicable? I mean, is, it really, is this really going to matter to me? 3,000 years ago, that's ancient. It, it, is this book really real? And is we're going to be looking in Proverbs, is it that applicable? And I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to find out that it is. You're going to find, as we go through the book of Proverbs, that it's going to rock your world. And there's some things in here, so many things that are so practical and so in your face, and they're just like, you know what, I can't believe it said that. And if I follow that, and you're going to start trying these things. You're going to start trying these Proverbs, and you're going to see that it works in your life. And you're going to go scratching your head going, wow, this stuff in this book actually works. Now, what is a proverb? A proverb, a proverb, I like describing it this way. It's like a bumper sticker. It's short, sweet, and hard to beat. It's like a bumper sticker. I mean, you don't read proverbs. They're not really connected. Each little verse is kind of like its own little bumper sticker. I love, I've been looking at bumper stickers this past week. I want to show you some crazy ones. Four out of three people have trouble with fractions. That is me. Keep honking, I'm reloading. Do that in the south. You looked better on my space. <laughs> That's the bomb. You looked better on my space. All right. Follow your dreams except the one that you're in, in your school in your underwear. Am I the only one that's had that dream? Next one. So many cats. Hey. If you don't like it, you're welcome to email me, chris at exitonechurch.org. <laughs> oh, you know, I, another one we didn't put up there, cats, the other white meat. You know, I mean, it's just... And I know some of you, y'all uh, y'all are cat, you, you're cat owners. And you're thinking, that is so offensive to me. But you're not cat owners. Because they own you. They think that you're there to provide them with all the sustenance that you exist for them. But it's the other way around, right? Right? Y'all are going, whatever, move on. All right, I'm moving on. So a proverb, thank you, is a short, pithy statement. It's meant to be chewed upon. It's meant to just think over. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, the next two verses in Proverbs. And let's look at 
what Solomon is doing here, who's writing this. Solomon says they are written down so that we'll know how to live what? Well and right to what? Understand what what? Life. What life means and where it's going. And look at this next part. It's a what? It's a manual for living. You mean to tell me there's a rule book for this thing? There's a manual that you can actually look at so that you can know which way you're going and how to go. I mean, when I was going through the game of life, I'm like, dude. I mean, I'm like, I land on a, on a space that says I've adopted some children and I'm not even married yet. And I'm working through this because I didn't follow the rules. I didn't really look at the manual because it was confusing. Uh, if you understand, if you want to understand how to live right and to live well, if you want to know, you know, you know, this can, you can win and be successful at the game of life. Not maybe the success to what everybody says life is, but what God says is success is. Then you've got to read the manual. You've got to read the Bible. It is prego. It is in here. It's in here. But I know what you're thinking. Some of you are thinking this. You know, Chris, you know, especially those that you're, this is your first time at church, or maybe you've been to church but you left, or maybe you're still trying to seek God and true thing and you just don't know about all this stuff. You're saying, you know what, that's great and this is fun, great music, but I don't know if I can trust this. I mean, isn't the Bible, wasn't it written by men? And doesn't it have contradiction and holes all in it? And is it really applicable? I mean, you said 3,000 years ago. <laughs> okay, I said 3,000 years ago. Wonderful. Keeping me on my toes, all right? I mean, Chris, you said it was written 3,000 years ago, and it's just like, can it really be real to my life? Is it relevant? Is it applicable? Is it reliable? Um, And that is exactly what I'm saying. It is reliable. It is relevant. It is applicable. This is God's Word. It was written by God and men. Listen to this. And this is our big idea for today. The Bible can be relied upon in every, how many? Every area of your life. The small and the big. The unimportant and the important. You can have confidence in this. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to backdoor this thing. I'm just going to be honest. As you're reading through the book of Proverbs, you're going to be going, daggone, this really means something to me. This really works. And this is what you're going to, if I can trust God with my finances, if I can trust God with how I spend time with my wife and how I parent my kids and how I do my business and how I make friends, if I can trust God in those smaller areas, then maybe I can trust God in some of the bigger areas. And you're going to have to start having confidence in this book. And by doing Proverbs, you're going to have confidence in this book. You're going to start having confidence in God. Because that's the reason why He gave this book to us. So that we can understand it. So that we can chew on it. It's time-tested, these Proverbs. So let's look at it. The game of life, you play it God's way, you're never going to lose. The first way to win at the game of life is this. To win at the game of life, you must start with God. Let's say that. You must what? Start with God. You need to start with God. Proverbs 1.7 says you've got to start with God. He's at the very beginning. Proverbs 1.7 says this. Respect and obey the Lord. This is the what? Wait a minute. That's what? The beginning. That is the beginning of knowledge. Only a what? Fool rejects wisdom and good advice. 
You see, what he's saying is if you want to be knowledgeable, if you want to have wisdom, then you've got to start with God. It's only the beginning. It's like learning your one, two, threes and your ABCs. You know, by singing, you being able to sing the alphabet song, that doesn't make you be able to read a Charles Dickens novel. It's just the beginning. God is the beginning of knowledge. He is the beginning of wisdom. He is the beginning of all of that stuff that you're going to need in order to be able to get your life right. One translation says this same verse another way. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. The fear of the Lord. Now, you're thinking, what does that mean, the fear of the Lord? Does that mean I go, Ooh, I'm so scared of you, God? That's not quite what it's talking about here. The fear of the Lord here really has a lot to talk about with respect. Respect the Lord. It's respecting Him. It's listening to Him. It's a reverence for who God is. God is God, and we are not. It's kind of like my mom. My mom is here, so I have to be very careful. It's, it's like when I'm on the playground, you know, when you were eight years old, nine years old, and somebody says, well, y'all mama. What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> It, it, the, the conversation just got ratcheted up a couple notches, didn't it? And it's game on time. Because I'm going to get in somebody's face. You don't speak to my mama that way. They're dissing my mama. All right? It's, that's what respect is. When somebody starts talking about my mom or my dad, I start getting frustrated because they're my mom and my dad, and you don't talk about them. That's how it is with God. When we choose to do life our way and not God's way, we're disrespecting God because he gave us a manual. He gave us a guidebook so that we can be able to follow and be able to do this life His way. When you're living your life with respect for God, you're going to notice a change. You're going to notice a change in how you do friendships, how you talk to your husband or your wife. You're going to notice a difference on how you deal with your money. You're going to notice a difference with how you interact with people. You're going to notice a difference with how you do your job. You're going to notice a difference in every area of your life when you choose to fear and respect or have reverence for God and do it His way. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 says it this way. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in understanding. It starts with acknowledging who God is. I've got to be honest with you. There was a time in my life that I didn't acknowledge who God was. And there was a time that God brought me to the end and said, you know what, you're going to follow me. And that's when I had to realize God is God, I am not, and I need help. My wife can tell you, I need help. And hear me, even if you don't think you need help, guess what? You need help. We must do this life with God because we need help. You've got to play by his rules because he created the game. It's like this. My son Jed, he's three years old. When we play a game with Jed, it's never a fun time. You know why? Because Jed doesn't really like playing by our rules. Jed likes playing by Jed's rules. And Jed wants to do things the way Jed wants to do them. And he's having a great time playing the game, but we're all extremely frustrated because he's not following the rules. Could it be that you're not following the rules that God has set out? God said, I want you to do it this way, and I want you to do it this way, and this way. And you're making up the rules as you go along, kind of like my son Jed. And the people who are in this life with you are very frustrated because you're just kind of making up rules on the fly. 
they're ready to pull their hair out because there's not any consistency in these rules. You got who who are you taking your cues from with the manual or the rule book? So you got to do it. You got to do it with God. It starts with God. It ends with God, and God is all in between. The second way, if you want to win at the game of life, you got to play it wisely. You got to play it wisely. You got to do it with wisdom. This book of Proverbs, if I could sum it down into one word, it is this, wisdom. It's wisdom. God wants to give you and I wisdom. And wisdom is very important in how you live your life, how you do it. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. And whatever else you do, get good judgment. What is that? Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. It's more important than how your retirement looks like. It's more important than what type of car you buy. It's more important than anything that you could ever purchase or put away on layaway. Getting wisdom is it. Let me explain this because if you get the wisdom, all that other stuff, you know, all all the other stuff will come. Let me give you an example. And I'll tell you, I told you I was going to talk to you a little bit about Solomon. God goes to Solomon and God says this, Solomon, you can ask anything you want. Ask whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon is scratching his head, dude. You know, I could, uh, I could ask for money. Mm. I could ask for women. Mm. I could ask for, I could ask to be king, or I could ask that there would not be any enemies. I wouldn't have any enemies. So he starts thinking of all that, and you know what he says? He says, "Here's what I want, God. I want wisdom. I want wisdom." And God says this, because you have asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you the money. I'm going to make you the richest person in the world. And you're not going to have any enemies because wisdom is it. You need wisdom. Now, here's a good thing. Some of you think, well, I'm not, I'm not very wise. What am I supposed to do? Wisdom has nothing to do with IQ. Somebody say, yes. I don't care what you made on your ACT. I don't care what you made on your SAT. I don't care what you made on your elemental key. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a high school dropout or a college dropout or if you have five PhDs. Wisdom has nothing to do with IQ. It has nothing to do with smarts. Let me tell you what wisdom has to do with it. Wisdom is not how much you know, but how well you live. Wisdom is not just stuff in here, but it's how it's played out on how you move your feet. It's shoe leather stuff. And I know a lot of people who don't have a lot of education who are wise. You do too, don't you? Some of your parents or grandparents, they didn't finish formal schooling, but they are very wise. Why? Because wisdom has nothing to do with how much you know. I also know a lot of people with PhDs who are dumb as a brick. All right? Had some of those in college. Um... Praise Jesus. And by the way, if you're a college professor here, we still love you. Anyway, biblical wisdom is not about how much you know, but how well you live. Some of you have seen the book that we're going to put up on the screen. It's called The Idiot's Guide. How many of you all have one of those? All right? The Idiot's Guide. Now, let's look at this for a sec. If if you're learning how to fly a single-engine Piper Cub with an idiot's guide, I don't really want to go up in the air with you. Okay, um, to go with this person would be an idiot. All right, idiot. I, I do have one of these books, and it's an idiot's guide to home construction. 
my wife can tell you because I stink at home construction. Um, we just purchased a house, and it was a repo. It needed a lot of work. And, you know, I, I'm trying to navigate. It's like reading a, a manual like the game of life. It was just, it wasn't doing anything for me. So now my idiot's guide to home construction is a Rolodex with people's names in it. Rusty Carter, Bob Keith, all right, Greg Walker. I mean, these are people who know what they're talking about, and I know nothing, all right? Another one for my car. You know what I'm talking about? Andrew White. I mean, because I know nothing about that stuff, all right? Let me tell you a good definition of the word idiot. The idiot word comes from a Greek word, because it's Greek to me. Um, it, it's, it, it's come from a Greek word. It's idious, I-D-I-O-U-S. And it literally means this. To be an idiot means someone who goes about life on their own. Someone who goes about life on one's own. You know, an idiot is someone who faces the challenges of life on their own and refuses to do it God's way. Refuses to hook up relationally with other people. Uh, a person who, uh, an idiot is someone who faces trials and issues and problems and they say, I don't need anybody else's help. An idiot is somebody who says, I can do it. I can do it myself. I hear that a lot from two-year-olds and three-year-olds. I don't need your help. Yeah, you do. You do need my help. But an idiot is somebody who says, I don't need anyone else. I don't need anyone else. Psalms 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. This is not just talking about atheism. I don't believe there's a God. This is really more talking about practical atheism. I believe there's a God, but I'm just going to live my life like he doesn't exist. I'm going to live my life and not read this book. I'm going to live my life and do it myself. That is a fool or an idiot. Wisdom in the Bible is about how you live more than what you know. And it's principles. It's like they're, they're timeless. They're cross-cultural. It's like the law of gravity. I could be in India or I can be in, in southern Kentucky. Both are different third world countries. Um, and um, <laughs> what was I thinking when I said that? We're so close to Kentucky. Oh, my gosh. Please forgive me. Anyway, I meant to say lower Alabama. <laughs> Isn't that right, Cordy? All right, anyway, so moving on. Where am I at? What just happened? Oh, my gosh. All right. Oh, yeah, principles, yeah. The cross-cultural, okay? The law of gravity will happen in India as well as it does in lower Alabama, right? It doesn't matter who you are. It's going to happen because it's a principle. It's a law. It's like this. If I took the New York Giants, the New York Giants are playing the New England Patriots today in Phoenix. How many of y'all, who's going to win? Y'all are smoking. Giants ain't going to win. The Patriots, all right? Here's what I'm going to say. You could, take, you could take the entire offensive line of the New York Giants. You can put them on top of the University of Phoenix's bowl there, and they could jump. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to fall. You know why? It doesn't matter that they have Plexico with his mouth who's saying, we're going to stomp them. Okay? It doesn't matter if they have Eli Manning as the quarterback. It doesn't even matter if they have Brandon, Brandon Jacobs as the running back. The same thing is going to happen. There's going to be New York Giants guts all over the field, which is kind of like what's going to be happening tonight. Seriously. Actually, that was serious. Um, 
Anyway, I mean, because there's a principle, there's a law in effect. And what we're going to read in the book of Proverbs, there's principles and there are laws in effect. When it comes to life, there's some fundamental things that's going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. And we're going to find that in the book of Proverbs. Remember the definition of an idiot? It's doing one's life on one's own. Listen to this. <laughs> this is a, a true story from an uh, insurance claim from a person who was trying to move 400 pounds of brick from the top of a four-story building down. He, he, he was doing it his, uh, himself because he wanted to do it quickly. He did. It would have taken too long to do it by hand, so I decided to put the bricks in the barrel and lower them by a pulley, which I had fastened to the top of a building. After tying the rope securely to the ground level, I went up to the top of the building and fastened the rope around the barrel. I loaded it with the bricks and swung it over the sidewalk for a descent. Then I went down to the sidewalk and I untied the rope and securing it tightly, I'm sorry, to secure it and, and guide it down as the barrel comes down. But since I only weigh 140 pounds and the 500-pound barrel jerked with me from the ground so fast that I didn't have time to think about letting go of the rope. Um, yeah. As I passed between the second and third floors, I met the barrel coming down. This accounts for the bruises and the lacerations on my upper body. I held tightly to the rope until I reached the top where my hand became jammed in the pulley. This accounts for my broken thumb. At the same time, however, the barrel hit the ground, the sidewalk with a bang, and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Uh, with the weight of the bricks gone, <laughs> are you ready for another ride? Here we go. The barrel weighed only about 40 pounds, and with me only weighing 140 pounds, my body began a swift descent. <laughs> I met the empty barrel coming up. This accounts for my broken ankle. Slowed only slightly, I continued the descent and landed on top of the pile of bricks. This accounts for my sprained ankle and broken collarbone. At this point, I lost presence of mind completely. Yeah, he lost presence of mind about five minutes ago. And I let go of the rope. The empty barrel came crashing down on me. This accounts for my head injuries. As for the last question on your insurance form, what would you have done if the same situation arose again? Please be advised that I'm, not, I'm finished trying to do the job all by myself. Remember the definition of an idiot. I, I read just an email just a week, two weeks ago, and this is the question. This is such a valid question. This is where many of you are at right now. Chris, I have a relationship with God, but I want it to be better. I want to grow deeper in my relationship with God. Last week we talked about what you could do. One way to grow deeper is by partnering with a group of people that can keep you from swerving doing life together, getting into a communion group. We talked about that. But let me give you even a more basic principle. You want to grow deeper with God? Then you take a Bible and you start to read it. This is truth. This will change your life. How do you know, Chris? Because it's changed my life. And where I'm asking you to start is with the book of Proverbs. So I'm throwing down a challenge. This is Bobby Flay. Throw down right here, all right? I'm throwing down a challenge. I am challenging you to read the book of Proverbs. Read a proverb a day for an entire month. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. How many days are there in the, in the, in the month of January? Ding, 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 ding. Very good. Today is February the 3rd. So what I'm challenging you today is when you go home sometime today, 
probably before the Super Bowl, I want you to open up the book of Proverbs, and I want you to read Proverbs chapter 3. And then tomorrow, when it's the 4th, I want you to read Proverbs chapter 4. And I want you to do that all the way through until we come back. And, and, and we're going to be in this series for about a month, and you're going to realize, dude, this matters. This is relevant. Now, here's what we're going to do. I have five of these little book of Proverbs. I don't know if some of you have a Bible. Just to let you know, we're giving away free Bibles out at Yes Central. We don't ask any money for that. We want to give you a Bible. But we have five of these, and we have ordered 40 more of these that are going to be here in the next weeks. And we're going to be giving these out for free. So is everybody looking at me? Everybody look at me, because I'm going to throw some out in the audience, and I don't want to chuck you upside the head. All right? See, they're pointing. All right, right there. Ready? Ready? All right, here we go. There's one. Oh, look at you. We've got to sign you up. All right. Here's another one. Ready? Oh, wonderful. I'm going to do another one. All right, turn off my mic if you would, Andrew. I'm going on from the... Ready? I'm going to do another one. Ooh. Almost. All right, another one. One more. Sweet. Dude, I'm telling you, if I was out there, you know what would happen? It would go, bam. That, would re- that actually really hurts. All right. Wonderful, fantastic. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to give away... There you go. Cool. All right. We're going to give away tons of these over the next few weeks. And all I'm asking you to do is read the book of Proverbs. It's going to rock your life. I promise you it will. Is that right? You did that. Wonderful. It's, I promise you it's going to be so applicable. And here's what's going to happen as we close. When you read this, you're going to say, wow, this stuff really works. The Bible is really true. It is really relevant. And if I can trust God in how I do my finances, if I can trust God in how I relate to people, then maybe I can trust God with where I'll spend eternity. Maybe I can trust God with what happens when I die. This book will rock your life. How many of y'all going to do it? Proverbs, let's do this. Wonderful. Let's pray. God, you're wonderful and you're awesome. I thank you so much for what you're doing in, in my life, in everyone's life here. Lord, I just uh, I pray, Lord, that as we, um, we go through the book of Proverbs, Lord, that we would be able to do that and um, we would be able to listen and just go your way and understand it. Lord, we love you. You rock our socks off. Thank you so much, Jesus. Amen.